1: Welcome to another episode of Reconciling Grace. This is Pete Becky, one of the associate pastors at West Carrollton Church of the Nazarene. Joining me today are Steve Wilson. Steve is a Christian author, a Christian computer game programmer. He has a Master's of Divinity from United Theological Seminary in Dayton, Ohio. Also with us today is Mick Wells. Mick has been a member of the Wells of Salvation ministry since 1980. He is also a co-host of the Cross Connection radio program. Gentlemen, it's good to have you with us today. And today we're going to be discussing primarily a scripture, more than a topic. The scripture is found in Ephesians chapter 1, and it's verses 13 and 14. And as we get into it, I think, Steve, I'm just going to ask you if you'll start out by reading that scriptures for us from the, is it the New International Version that you have? Yes. Okay, let's have you start with that, please.
0: And you also were included in Christ when you heard the message of truth the gospel of your salvation. When you believed, you were marked in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit, who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession to the praise of his glory.
1: That's great. To the praise of his glory. I like that. Isn't that a wonderful verse uh, about how we were marked with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit, who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance. And... One of the things that I was thinking of was the uh, word deposit. And what is a deposit? And and the first thing I think of is back in the ancient of days when I was a little kid. And uh, we used to drink a lot of, we called it soda then. Sometimes people around here call it pop. Some people call it soda pop. I mean, I remember we would get the uh, 12-ounce glass bottles that came in cartons. I think you got eight of them in a carton. And they were glass. And... We lived in Illinois, so I don't know if the laws were different there than they were here or wherever anybody happens to live who happens to be listening to this program. But the law was back then, you would get a certain amount of pennies or a nickel or something of a deposit for every bottle you got. So when you got an eight pack of soda or pop or whatever you want to call it, you would pay... That amount of deposit per bottle, for the sake of description, let's just say it was a nickel. So, if you got an eight pack, you would pay five cents per bottle or 40 cents. And what you would do then is, when you were done with those bottles, you would bring them back to the store and you would get your deposit back. It was uh, 40 cents back. Of course, if you were like us, that deposit went straight for the next eight pack that we got. I mean, I used to like to drink those things, we didn't drink it. Cold even it was warm. I can't believe I drank warm Pepsi. You know, it was was just (laughs) sat in our in our utility room back in those days. I was so young. It sat in the utility room where we'd get a bottle of pop and just drink it. And of course, we didn't even have air conditioning back then. We were so ancient. But uh, to me, the deposit makes me think about what we used to do with those bottles. In fact, I remember one time my dad was on a, a cleaning fit because my mom wasn't feeling well, so he was cleaning out the utility room and we had an entire wagon full of empty bottles. He had me bring them up to the store in my little red wagon and and I don't know how many, it must have been five, six, seven, eight cartons or cases of, of those bottles we had. But that's what I think of when we get deposits because I still remember walking in the door and I hadn't been in the door two seconds when he looked at me and says, where's the money? So, you know, that's, that's basically what I think about when I think of deposit. Do either of you have any uh, other thoughts when you hear the word deposit?
0: Well, I had to pay a deposit when I moved into my apartment. And uh, if I had an animal, a pet, I would have had to pay more. Oh, yeah. So uh, that security deposit, I guess, covers uh, if I happen to not pay the rent one time, if um, I cause some damage or my pet caused damage to the apartment that would uh, cover the landlord's cost.
1: But then if you didn't have damage or your pet didn't damage, you would get it back is the idea. Okay. Okay, Mick, did you have any thought of uh, a deposit?
2: Well, I was uh, relating strongly to what you described. When I was a kid in Columbus, uh, I was thankful for the people who disobeyed the littering laws and they'd throw their Pepsi bottles out in neighbors' yards and I'd go around and collect them. So their loss was my gain. It, it, but they were only two cents Yeah, back then. I uh, didn't have a whole lot, but it was something. I was thinking to uh, deposit can also be a, a noun, or I'm sorry, we're talking about it in terms of a noun, it can also be a verb, where if you're gonna deposit something, you place it like in a bank, you deposit money uh, in an account, so I guess with in terms with the the scripture, a deposit is something. It's a noun. It's something God puts in us, uh, the Holy Spirit, and um, the the act of putting the deposit in us is is to deposit. Right. So you deposit a deposit is what you're trying to say.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I can see what you're saying there.
0: And I was thinking uh, with a bank deposit, <clears throat> I don't know about you guys, but the, when I put a deposit in, I generally earn interest on it.
1: Hmm. Mm. So
0: I don't know if maybe we can relate that to the Holy Spirit doing some work in us. Um, kind of gives God a return on that deposit. Hmm.
1: Yeah. I, like, I like that. I think like that. We might be getting into that in a little bit. Um, that's great about the the word deposit. Yeah, well, another thing that, that I'd like to talk about here as we as we get into this is something that, that we have discussed amongst ourselves a few times that might make an interesting uh, topic is different translations of the Bible. And uh, I can't say that this was um, original with me. Um, I heard a, a general superintendent in the Church of the Nazarene speak on this not long ago, and he said that His favorite translation, what he thinks is even a more accurate translation, is a certain word that's used there. And they use this in the Holman Christian Standard Bible version. And I'd like to just read that same Ephesians 1, 13 to 14 from there. And this is what it says in this particular version. When you heard the message of truth the gospel of your salvation, and when you believed in him, you were also sealed with the promised Holy Spirit. He is the down payment of our inheritance for the redemption of the possession to the praise of his glory. Gosh, that's not even word for word, is it? You know, the Holman Christian Standard Bible kind of does a difference, a little bit of a between word for word and thought for thought, mm-hmm. um, because j- the truth is that if you were to look at the, uh, the original Greek, and Steve, you probably studied it more than we did, there's not always a word for word translation. There's not one word from the Greek that translates to one word for the English. And so uh, Bible translation is as much of an art as a science. Um, would you agree with that?
0: I would, and, and sometimes it's even modernizing the idea. So I might not relate to uh, a word-for-word translation because I'd have to go back and study the culture and say, okay, well, how did they do things in first century Greece? Mm-hmm. You know, it would take me a lot of work to to understand that word-for-word translation. But like you're saying, an idea or a, a thought-for-thought translation Helps us to understand the meaning of the scripture a lot better.
1: So we all agree that the scriptures are important. The scriptures are God breathed. The scriptures are inspired, and it's the translations that sometimes just are there to try to speak to us. And if you noticed in that in that version that I just read, it did not use the word deposit. Did you see instead what the words were that were were used in there instead of deposit? Down payment. Down payment. Is there a difference in a down payment and a deposit, especially as we think about it in our um, American culture?
2: Well, I, I think there uh, can can be. I mean, if you turn away from the idea of, of uh, those extra fees paid on pot bottles and things, um, that was kind of a bailment. It was kind of something that you paid... To have custody of the pot bottle until you could get the money back, and I think in a different sense here, this is uh, the scriptures telling us that God is giving us an assurance of something to come. He's given us a wonderful taste of His Holy Spirit uh, within us, and that's that should keep every Christian happy and on track. Actually, no matter what they encounter in this crazy world, to know that the Holy Spirit placed within us with all the ministries that the Spirit brings is just a taste of what's to come, it's a down payment, it's a foreshadowing. Mm-hmm. Um, if I may, uh, there's there's a very similar verse I'd like to share in 2 Corinthians sure. chapter 1, verses 21 and 22, and I'm going to read it from the, the Old King James because Instead of down payment, it says something a little different. Okay, let's and see now what it's, it's a different says. verse than, than you read. The King James, it says, Now he which establisheth us with you in Christ hath anointed us is God, who hath also sealed us and given the earnest of the Spirit in our hearts. And when, you know, that's, when I think of, of earnest... I think of uh, my oldest son just purchased his first house, and he had to put down earnest money to um, establish and preserve the contract while he was going through all the paperwork. So uh, King James Version saying that the Holy Spirit placed within us is an earnest of the Spirit um, in our hearts. And it's part of the sealing ministry, too, the earnest of the Holy Spirit, and it's, it's kind of along the lines of a down payment, right. because if you're paying earnest money, if you go to a closing on a home, what you've paid in earnest money is factored in as what you've already paid toward. Exactly. And
1: I think that that just segues so well with where I was going to go with that, because earnest money is, as you said, it's paid toward the, the, the purchase price. And I was going to go back to what Steve said about a deposit, for instance, on, a, on a, an apartment or a mm-hmm. rental property, because again, you get that back. But if you're buying a home, which is exactly where I was going to go, so that's a perfect segue. Thank you, Mick. Um, you are actually saying, I intend to buy this if you are buying a house, or the earnest money is the same kind of thing. So down payment, earnest, um, we just don't use that word earnest a whole lot in the English language except for maybe in that particular circumstance where you're buying a house. Um, So yeah, that's a great translation. But that's what I'm saying. There's a difference in that idea of deposit, and Mick, you you kind of hit right on it, Uh, the difference between a deposit, which you might get back and a down payment, which is, this is my intention, because I am saying, I am going to do this. Um, You're just not getting the full amount at this time. And I think about, for instance, if you're buying a house, the vast majority of people can't just say, okay, I'm gonna plug down the full amount for this house right now. They will probably be paying, most likely, in installments, in a mortgage, things like that. But that down payment is there. Um, to show that they are indeed truly intending to buy that house. So, um,
0: so if God is paying the down payment, mm-hmm. that means He's buying us, right?
1: Yes, that's exactly that's where we're going. He's with saying, that.
0: "I'm, I own mm-hmm.
1: this." Mm-hmm. Yep. That shows how we, as Christians, though we tend to underemphasize a little bit, though I think what God has done, because. We look at this and we say it's a down payment or we say that it is a, a, a deposit. I like that word down payment. And I'm going to get a little bit more into that in just a moment. Mick, thanks for pointing that out to me. We are at a point where we do need to take a break for our sponsor. We'll be right back with the next part of Reconciling Grace. Reconciling Grace. We're back with Reconciling Grace, and we've been talking about the passage from Ephesians chapter one, verses thirteen and fourteen, where we're talking about the Holy Spirit being a deposit or a down payment of what God is going to do in the lives of Christians. And I was just saying before the break about how um, Christians tend to underemphasize the down payment. Of the Holy Spirit and His influence on their lives. Um, There was a story I heard, and again, this was from the message I talked about a little bit earlier with one of the general superintendents of the Church of the Nazarene, talking about this passage. He was the same one who said he liked the word down payment better than deposit. He was talking about, and of course, this is a fictitious story, but just imagine, um, let's say, Mick, if um, they said to you that a long-lost uncle had passed away and left you his estate. And they said it was a really, really big estate. And um, we'd like to say, this is an attorney calling, for instance, and we'd like to give you a down payment on that estate just because it's going to take a year or two to to sort through everything because there were so many holdings, so many places, things that needed to be done and um the attorney maybe maybe the attorney's name is steve wilson or something and and steve says you know um would you be bothered if if we gave you just a down payment now and you know mick might be thinking along the lines of hey i can finally get this whatever fixed in my house that i've been trying to do you know a few hundred dollars a few thousand dollars might really come in handy now and the attorney says something along the lines of so um you know, we can only give a, a, a small down payment now. Um, would ten million be okay? <laughs> and what would your reaction be, Mick? There's part of a lawyer's fee in that too. Well, yeah, of course. <laughs> a significant one, huh? yeah. But what would your thought be if you heard something
2: like that, Mick? Well, I'd be shocked, first of all, right? Uh, at at the figure. And yeah, the, I thought I knew all my uncles, you know. Yeah, <laughs> and then I'd want to see. Uh, what the whole estate was and what was customary and appropriate under those mm-hmm. circumstances. So, but my first reaction, as you asked for, would have been um, complete shock and how much of that is Uncle Sam's. <laughs> right. But well, what about you, Steve, if well, somebody would, said that to you?
0: Well, I would immediately jump to how is my life going to change? Mm-hmm.
1: And that's a great question, because obviously the illustration that was being given here is, what is there that God doesn't have? What is there that God can't give his children? And we seem to be content with these little tiny blessings of the Holy Spirit. Remember, I was saying before that we tend to underemphasize what the Holy Spirit can mean in our lives compared to a few thousand dollars, that down payment, that deposit if you want to call it, I still like down payment, we could be experiencing 10 million worth of these blessings or well, we're probably ready to experience just a little bit of
2: it. I think that uh, as Steve alluded to, your your whole outlook has to be re-baselined uh, because your responsibilities before God, or, or now in relation to that huge sum of money, it's not mine to go out and buy a whole a whole fleet of Maseratis. You know, right? Exactly. And in fact, Mick,
1: I was going to ask you
2: to uh, read another scripture here, uh, which would be from James chapter four, verses two and three. Okay. The NIV says, "You desire but do not have, so you kill. You covet, but you cannot get what you want." So you quarrel and fight. You do not have because you do not ask God. And when you ask, you do not receive because you ask with the wrong motives that you may spend what you get on your pleasures. So of course, this passage from
1: James is kind of almost putting it into terms of things or Mm -hmm. finances or something. And I I used an illustration that puts it into terms of things or finances or whatever. We need to be careful, because there are some people out there who profess Christ, who basically say, if you're a Christian, you should be able to get everything you ever want. Uh, You should never lack for anything. Uh, they call it the prosperity gospel. Have either of you ever heard that? Uh, mm-hmm. Would there be a, sure. there, a better way to describe it than the prosperity gospel? Maybe um, I don't want to put you on the spot, but does either one of you have a, uh, a great way of illustrating the prosperity gospel?
2: Well, I don't know if this relates to it specifically, but right now in the news, uh, there's a, a prominent evangelist who has asked his church for $54 million so he could buy a jet for himself, a jet airplane. And uh, he, in some fashion, and attitude or word justifies that as a proper thing to do if he would get $54 million from his congregation. And I bounce that against the videos I've been looking at of starving children overseas and how much $54 million would have gone to, to help little children on this earth made in the image of God. Part of what I think is because of the
1: terminology, whether it be deposit, whether it be down payment, our American minds immediately think financial. We think monetary. But that isn't necessarily what the Holy Spirit is about. And in fact, I'm just going to read this particular scripture from Galatians five, twenty-two and 23, which is um, the NIV here, says this, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. The verse finishes up by saying, Against such things there is no law. The point being, though, this is the deposit we're getting. This is the down payment we're getting. You know, we might say, Give me uh, $22 worth of peace, please. Where the Holy Spirit would be wanting to say, I want to give you so much peace in me. That you don't have to worry about not having a peace in your life. I want to give you so much love for God and for other people that you you, you won't even be able to stand it. And and know that this is just a, a foretaste of what's to come. This is just a, a minor down payment because this is the God of the universe who's giving this to us. So... We started talking about this prosperity gospel. Um, I don't know how much I want to get into it. We have a few minutes left. I don't see this as something that, that people pray for, meaning the Holy Spirit to give us more and more of the deposit, when it's not financially related. Have we ever thought about praying for more love or joy? more peace or patience it says forbearance in here uh i I always heard the word love joy peace patience um faithfulness kindness i'm sorry love joy peace patience kindness goodness faithfulness gentleness self-control so forbearance would be patience and um you ever prayed for patience what happens when you pray for patience you lose it. <laughs> yeah. You find something you need. You need to be patient about, you know, you want it now. Yeah. Lord, give me patience. Give me patience now. But these are the kinds of things, the fruit of the spirit that we have that down payment about. It's not about money. It's not about um, wanting to get things for um, selfish purposes. Because what if you wanted more peace just for selfish purposes? Could somebody see, could you see that happening? For instance, I am just so edgy. I just want some peace just so I can have some peace just because it's just for me because I just need some peace. Um, What if that peace means that you're putting off all the things that are causing you problems onto your spouse Mm. or onto your child or onto your coworkers or whatever? It goes back to what James said is that... um, you do not receive because you ask with wrong motives. What would the right motives be? What, maybe that's a great question that I should ask is, uh, do you guys have any, uh, any comment on what the right motives for asking for that, that, that full deposit, that full down payment of the Holy Spirit with love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. What would that look like?
0: Well, I can answer in terms of your example of peace. Uh, if I were asking for peace and I was asking for unselfish motives, uh, maybe it would look like, uh, God, give me peace, give me uh, a sense of um, relaxing in you, resting in you as far as my job is concerned, my finances are concerned, so that then I can um, turn my attention towards serving other people mm-hmm. instead of worrying about my own situation. That's
2: good. Mm-hmm.
1: And that's just one of those fruit of the Spirit. You know, I didn't say fruits of the Spirit. That's all one fruit I've always heard. You know, all these things put together. Um, peace can be so much bigger. It could be um, the, the the lack of peace in our world. You know, the there's a lot of war and rumors of war. We could be praying that, that somehow we could be an instrument of God's peace. I think it was St. Francis of Assisi who, Assisi who prayed, Lord, make me an instrument of your peace, so that we could um, we can share the gospel of Jesus Christ by being His instruments of peace. Um, so that's what I was wanting to get to today. It wasn't a whole lot about the idea of give me money. Mm-hmm. You know, it wasn't about getting so much into the prosperity gospel. Um, I think that the next uh, session we have is going to be talking a little bit about Christians and giving and how to be a giving Christian. Um, we, just, uh, we just need to realize that, that God wants to give us these blessings, not for selfish reasons, but because he wants to show us a down payment of
2: all that there is when we accept him as Lord. I was thinking too, um, Steve and Pete, uh, what we get when God deposits the Holy Spirit in us, we have within us a part of the Godhead as a deposit. And I was looking at the ministry of the Holy Spirit. Consider the things that we have, because the Holy Spirit is who he is, for a believer that we wouldn't have if God hadn't made that deposit. Uh, the Bible tells us just very briefly here it's through the Holy Spirit we are sanctified. It's through the Holy Spirit when we don't know how to pray, He will make intercession for us as Christians. The Bible says He'll guide us into all truth, that He'll teach us all things, that He gives us power for witnessing, that He's A comforter and he gives us assurance of our access and relationship to God. Those are wonderful things that Mm -hmm. we wouldn't have if God hadn't made that deposit of the Holy Spirit within us. Right. And it's a promise of how much more there is to come. Mm -hmm.
1: It's it's not it, it just shows God's intention. He's not going to take this away. Um, that's, again, why I like the the down payment, because it's it's a earnest money kind of, as you said, again, not money. I hate using the word money, but it's an it's an earnestness. It is a a, a down payment because I intend to give you all of it. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of like how, how Steve said it uh, before. I intend to give it all to you. Um, any other final comments that uh, you'd like to make? Because. Otherwise, I'm going to just share a couple of things here, um, just letting you know that uh, we are happy to hear from you, our listeners. If uh, you have any questions about anything you've heard here on Reconciling Grace, or maybe you have a topic or a a scripture passage you'd like to hear us uh, talk about, discuss, send us an email, send it to RG, which stands for Reconciling Grace, RG at faithandfriendsradio.com Make sure to spell out the and in faithandfriendsradio.com If you just have a comment about something we've said we'd love to hear from you then too Also, any of us would be willing to uh, maybe come and speak to your church, to your group We've all preached before This is Pete Vecchi for Steve Wilson for Mick Wells We thank you for joining us today for Reconciling Grace
0: This has been Reconciling Grace. Join us again next time as our panel discusses biblical truths centered around the reconciling grace of Jesus Christ.